Hello there. You're listening to the Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We are also going to be doing another draft. This time we'll be looking to build our rosters for movies we expect to be powerhouses at the 2022 Oscars. start off with some news and of course the biggest movie news right now is the fact that we have finally gotten a trailer for spider-man no way home which also confirms that it will be coming out in 2021 it will be exclusive in theaters december 17th great news for me and great news for everyone who is a movie fan and a spider-man fan because they gave us some good stuff in this trailer you saw it dylan i'm sure one of, of the course. 280 million people who watched it. Yeah, I am very excited, but I think I could preemptively throw in the towel on the box office draft. <laughs> I'm I'm fairly confident they're going to win that at this point. I'm not confident at all that I will win. Well, I mean, of course, I am also confident that I win, but I don't think it's a done deal yet just because we have no clue what the state of the pandemic will be at that point. It is December. We know in the winter, like last time we had a big winter wave hopefully that does not happen for a variety of reasons but the one of which is relevant to this show is that we want to make sure people are able to go to the theaters and that they can go see spider-man and make it a billion dollar movie so that i can far surpass you and i don't need to rely on my james bond film don't need to rely on the matrix 4 mm-hmm. i can just have spider-man as the the creme de la creme of my roster the big old was, kicker oh, it was always going to be that way, but certainly with the excitement, the hype that is building up around it, with the trailer leak, that was massive news all throughout, I think it was Friday or Thursday, mm-hmm. and then in the first day of CinemaCon, Sony was like, we gotta just go ahead and do it, and they had the world premiere of that trailer there, went online shortly thereafter, and as we alluded to before, According to certain estimates, people, I don't know how they aggregate this data, but people are saying that this broke the record that Endgame previously held for the most views in a 24-hour period. So that means they got over 289 million views across all social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. So that is incredibly impressive. And of course, in this trailer, I mean, we didn't even get to see or get a hint of the other Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, but we did get a hint of Green Goblin, Ooh. Willem Dafoe, and we Ooh. got to see after how many years now? Many twenty many years. years. Twenty years as of two thousand and four, I think. Right? It came out two thousand four, two thousand five. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But twenty so, years almost. It's been one year from twenty. It's been nineteen years since Willem Dafoe has come back. Mm-hmm. which is incredible like it's good good for him for just wanting to come back because he's he's also like a bigger bayish star right now for just doing a multitude of other things and so to want to come back and just play 
Green Goblet again after 19 years. Good for him because he's such a cool dude. I know. And it's amazing that these actors have been able to not be bad people so that they are able to come back and make everyone's dreams. Like we didn't even have this dream 10 mm. years ago that this would possibly happen. So the fact that this is finally going to happen, it's incredible. And there's no way that they went through all the trouble of getting Alfred Molina, Willem Dafoe, they got Jamie Foxx back. There's no way they went through all that and then they're not going to also do Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. There's just there no were supposedly, the like I've seen them, there were leaked set photos of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire in their Spider-Man suits and I've seen them and I cannot for 100% say that they're true. There's people who are saying that they're false. They look real-ish. They're very blurry. It's definitely two Spider-Men, and it's definitely Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, but it could just be Photoshopped in some way. So I'm not 100% grabbing on quite just yet, but I'm like 95% confident that they will make an appearance. Yeah. It would just be uh, the reaction in the theaters. Oh, I'm so When that happens would be insane. It would blow the roof off the joint. And that's why this film is going to carry me to the Victory. championship of our box office draft. You're going to win the belt. Yeah, you got to make that belt. We've been I'm talking about it. We got to have a prize. And then we'll see if next year you can take the belt away from me. It's not a done deal yet, though, of course. I mean, Shang-Chi is coming out very soon, and it's been mm-hmm. getting a lot of positive reviews. That's of course, overshadowed by this trailer. I don't know why Marvel <laughs> did that. Yeah, what a... Sh- god damn it <laughs> but um yeah maybe word of mouth word of mouth and this new rejuvenated interest in marvel stuff because the spider-man no way home will have people go oh i, I just want to see a marvel thing right now oh let me go to theaters and see shang chi since it's got good reviews all of that stuff um so it's possible that i could do really well mm. still got eternals that could also do well so it's not a done deal yet there's still a lot of things up in the air venom since they changed their release date, I think that significantly hurt its box office prospects. So, not a done deal yet, but thankfully, fortunately for me, Spider-Man No Way Home does seem like it's going to be a massive hit. Yeah, god damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I can already hand in the towel now, pretty much. I'm fairly confident I'm not going to win, but that's okay. There's always next year, and there's always the Oscar draft that we're going to do tonight. And I am very confident that yes, I will you win are. that one. I, I swear. It will be 50-50. I'll take this one. You can have the box office draft. I'll take the Oscars. I'm I'm feeling very confident that I can take this one. Yeah. I hate to break it to you, though, Dylan. I'm greedy. I want both. I want box office and the Oscars. You can try and take it from <laughs> me, but you can't succeed. Well, we will see about that. But in other news... Other Marvel news. We got a lot of Marvel stuff. I'm going to just go through. We had this a new Eternals true. trailer, which we were going to talk about. But, of course, I mean, doesn't matter compared to Spider-Man No Way Home. But that Eternals trailer, I don't know if you got it, yeah. was much better than the original one they released. It's because the original one, you didn't really see anything important. Yes. But this one, you learn new details. You see a lot more of what Chloe Zhao is trying to do with the movie, which is really cool looking. Like, it's not like any other Marvel movie I've seen so far. So I think it'll stand out. It looks really pretty. I like uh, all the powers that they're having and like the the massiveness, the scale of how everything is is unfolding. So I'm very excited from this for this from a viewer standpoint. Not even as a as a person who has this in their box office draft pick 
as like an MCU fan, just as a viewer of an individual movie in itself, I'm excited to see this. Yeah. The one concern I have, though, is who the villains will be, because they had those like monster things, like some sort of creatures that they were fighting towards the tail end of that trailer. Mm -hmm. And so that is the one thing that's giving me pause about the quality of the film. And also, I mean, there are so many characters there. It's a lot to juggle. So in also introducing all of them in their own film, right? We don't have any association with any of them beforehand. Mm -hmm. So that'll be a tough mountain to climb. But I mean, it's Chloe Zhao. So if anyone can do it, it's going to be her. But this trailer, definitely much better than the previous one Marvel put out. So yeah, in different, different Marvel news, we want to go back to that lawsuit. Dylan, you want to fill us in on what's been going on with that? All right, so as expected, Disney is trying to push Scarlett Johansson into private arbitration to settle this out of court, out of the public eye, and then probably have her sign some kind of an NDA so that they can't talk about the case in the slightest. And Scarlett Johansson wants this to be public. She wants it to be a jury. She wants everybody to see what Disney is doing, and she wants to make it as public as possible. If, if Disney pushes her into a corner to the point where she won't get the money that she can get, she wants to get unless she goes to private arbitration and it's very popular to hold any kind of details about this process about what happened about their contracts and the specific wording of their contracts they'll be able to keep that in sort of a private area where we won't have access to it as the public and so we will have no idea what kind of dealings disney does in their contracts or any kind of way to make this like more of an industry standard for disney and mcu movies and star wars movies and anything that disney will do and it's more important that we get that into the courts with a jury so that everybody can see how these contracts are dealt, these high-profile actor contracts, and we can get more of a, a standardization of like an equal pay sort of kind of thing going on for everybody. Because everybody deserves to be paid equally, everybody deserves to be paid fully, and the big bad guy corporation should be taken down. Gotcha. By the yeah. other by the other uber rich elite <laughs> that is Scarlett <laughs> right. Johansson. Yeah, I think they also came out like she got some amount of millions up front for sure. I forget what the exact number of it was, mm-hmm. but I mean, she definitely got a nice payday that yeah. many of us wish we can see at some point in our lives. She certainly um, got a huge chunk just based because they paid her based on um, viewership on Disney Plus uh, on top of her already uh, base pay salary. But she was supposed to get a cut of theatrical release and it was supposed to be exclusively theatrical. That's why she's not seeing as much money because she, she's is reporting that she lost out on maybe twenty five million dollars because right. they put it on Disney Plus as well. Mm-hmm. And Disney did release their the earnings that they got from Black Widow's premiere access run on that platform. So it's made one hundred twenty five million uh, on just Disney Plus alone, and then it's made somewhere around what three hundred fifty ish million. In the box office, like I think it, the combined totals right now are around five hundred million, so mm-hmm. definitely a lot of money to be made there. Mm-hmm. And Disney, their case, what they're essentially arguing is that a wide theatrical release, which is what was in the contract with Scarlett Johansson, does not equal an exclusive release in theaters. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's kind of Weasley, considering nobody prior to the pandemic is going to expect their movies to go straight to streaming. Yeah. Certainly not a big Marvel property. So I don't know. I guess the wording may end up like really going against 
Scarlett Johansson there, but also the clear assumption that anyone would reasonably make when they hear why theatrical release, right? And like that's mm-hmm. laid out in the contract and that's the source of income that you were getting. Obviously, you're going to say, oh, it's going to be like the same way all films have ever been released theatrically, which is a 90-day uh, period in theaters before it mm-hmm. goes to video on demand or it goes to any of the DVDs, anything like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. We will see and continue to update you as this story develops, but it's quite an interesting one. Definitely don't think we'll ever see ScarJo reprising her role as Black Widow in any capacity and probably won't be working with Disney again. So Of course, such a bad experience. Big split. Have. Yeah. Messy divorce. It's it's like they've had a really sour kind of marriage story going on right there. They really did. Yeah. And now we have some more, more MCU news. Anthony Mackie has officially signed on to do Captain America 4. It was kind of an assumption that we could have made when they announced it when Falcon and the Winter Soldier was being released. We didn't know any details about it, and he wasn't officially on, but it was an assumption we made, and now it is official. It is going to be a Captain America, most likely focusing on Anthony Mackie, which should be fun. I'm excited. I'm glad he's getting his own standalone movie instead of just the TV show. We can develop his character more. I think it'll be a good time. No word about Chris Evans joining, but I'm excited. For sure. And moving away from Marvel news, we have an interesting news about the CW's live action version of the Powerpuff Girls. I don't know if you've been following this at all, Dylan, but yeah, a little bit. They had their pilot script leaked online and it was trash. Everyone hated it. And mm-hmm. then they had apparently filmed the pilot and the studio execs or whoever was there, they realized it was trash. So they said, we're going to scrap this. We're going to start again, write a new pilot, film a new one. So that's where they were at a couple months ago. And then earlier this month, Chloe Bennett, who you may remember from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She played Sky slash Daisy. Um, she was playing Blossom. Mm-hmm. And now she is completely out of the project. She has She's left. <laughs> she, I believe they said, as the industry always does, that they left because of scheduling concerns. It's either that or creative differences. Um, but it seems like she wised up about the quality of the show and said, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I got to save my career. And so she's gone from the project. Now they're going to have to recast Blossom as they try to salvage that show. Yeah. I mean, if it's anything like the other CW superhero shows as of late, she made the right choice. Well, that's how you know it was particularly bad. If they said, we can't even bring this to television. We got to scrap it and start again. Oof. <laughs> I mean, I applaud her for having that sort of decision. It does suck for the people involved in the project to have someone so pivotal, pivotal to the process leave at this point. So it's going to be like a whole kind of scramble for them to take over. They get someone new in there. And that always sucks. Mm-hmm. But for her, I feel like she may have made the right choice there. She got out because well, once they start filming again with a new script, that is kind of the point of no return. So I feel like she took that last moment and just got out. So good for her. I hope she does something else that is of better quality. But if she does nothing, that would be sad. Right. So I hope she does something equally important. Wes Anderson as always, is casting everybody in his new movie. <laughs> he has a new movie coming out 
sometime next year, which is quick for Wes Anderson, that turnaround, because we have the French Dispatch coming out in October and a new movie coming out next year. That's a very quick turnaround for him. Uh, he's so far cast because the, the names keep coming out like once a week for some reason. I have no idea why. But we've got Brian Cranston, Tom Hanks, Scarlett Johansson, Margot Robbie, Tilda Swinton, Jeffrey Wright, Adrian Brody, Bill Murray, as always, uh, Liev Schreiber, Rupert Friend, Jason Schwartzman, as always, Hope Davis. He's just taking in as many names as he can. All the people he loves to work with, plus new ones. I don't think he's ever worked with Tom Hanks before. He's never worked with Scarlett Johansson or Margot Robbie before. But he's taking a bunch of old names that he's worked with all the time, like Tilda Swinton and Adrian Brody and Bill Murray and Jason Schwartzman. And he's like adding in new people to his catalog of people that he calls on. And he'll he'll just keep getting everyone more and more actors into this this sort of list of people that work with Wes Anderson. He'll just keep reusing them. I don't know why he keeps amassing such a, a larger following of actors, but he's clearly a talented director. He's one of my favorites. He makes great movies. I'm excited for the French Dispatch. I'm excited for whatever this new movie is, which is supposedly a love story set in Europe, which is seems to be half his movies. Yep. <laughs> So I am I am excited for this as always. Looking forward to seeing more and more people get added to this cast because I mean the French Dispatch already has a giant cast, right? But this one seems to be getting bigger and bigger every day. Yeah, everyone in Hollywood is either in this new Wes Anderson film or in Knives Out too. Yeah, like that's how you know the who's who of Hollywood right now. Yeah, if you're in one of those two movies, you've made it. Yep, and our final piece of news: Fast and Furious. 10 is getting a release date april 2023 you will see the family return possibly for the last awesome. time hopefully for the last time fast and fear f9 it left a bad bad taste in my throat it was it was bad in a bad way most of the other movies are bad in a good way f9 was bad in a bad way Oof. hopefully fast and furious 10 will get an uptick maybe it'll be a little bit better now it's time for our box office breakdown for the week of august 20th to august 22nd that weekend number one was free guy with 18.8 million dollars that is a 33 percent drop which is a phenomenal hold for this these covid times and any times in general to have that sort of strong keep up with the box office and to stay in number one especially with some new releases this weekend good for ryan reynolds good for that team free guy too seems like an, an eventuality at this point so i'm impressed with that hold i'm impressed with what they're doing good job i know that is definitely one of the biggest success stories of the pandemic era so yeah great job for everyone involved there in second place we had paw patrol the movie with 13 million families little kids they did go out to go see it i uh, was not able to take the top spot but it was able to secure a good amount 13 million is respectable in third place, in its fourth weekend, Jungle Cruise has made $6 million. That is a 31% drop from last weekend, and it now has over $90 million domestic. Ryan, how do you feel about that, having that in your box office draft? Does that make you happy, sad, somewhere in the middle? It does make me happy that it's going to break the century mark, get over $100 million. Of course, I had anticipated much earlier in the year that it would be doing better than this, but since it's outperforming Suicide Squad, Oh, that is the silver lining here. So Jungle Cruise is staying in the top three, despite it being its fourth weekend. Suicide Squad is a little later down the list in its third weekend. We'll get to that. Don't Breathe 2 
is in fourth place. It has five million. And respect has made three point eight million just after Don't Breed Two. That is respectable. Not really. <laughs> What's not respectable is Suicide Squad coming in just short of respects three point eight million. It had three point four million. How are you feeling about this, Dylan? This has to be tough to watch. Uh, I just don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> every week, every week, it's still on the list, and we just keep having to talk about it, and I just don't want to talk about it anymore. It is what it is. Um, I'm satisfied with the quality of the film. That's what's important. Winning this doesn't matter as much as ha- picking movies that are that make me happy. I don't know if that was the point of the draft, but you can if that helps you sleep at night. You it's keep, better than Jungle Cruise. <laughs> that's true and it is unfortunate that suicide squad is doing so poorly when it was a genuinely good film for what it was trying to do it deserves so much better but it's a cutthroat world the movie industry it's cutting the wrong throats (laughs) after the suicide squad was the protege which is a new action movie with michael keaton it made 2.9 million which is abysmal yes and it's very abysmal from here on out. The Night House also, in its debut opening weekend, got $2.8 million. And in her uh, first movie ever, her movie debut, Lisa Joy's Reminiscence, has made $2 million after opening in 3,000 theaters, which is a $612 average per theater, which is 50 people in each theater for a weekend. Oh, the whole weekend. Just 50 people. I'm sorry. Yeah. 51 people. Just 51 <laughs> people in each theater. Yeah. For the this... opening weekend of a movie starring Hugh Jackman. I mean, talk about just disgustingly horrible. Like <laughs> I just it, it it exceeded all of my expectations. I didn't think it would make a lot of money. I didn't even think it'd make a little money. But to make no money <laughs> is legendary. Yes. This is legitimately record-breaking for how bad this is. Also, I put $2 million on here because that was the estimates. I think the official numbers, it's under $2 million. There's oh a one God. in front of this number, which oh, is Jesus. insane. It has officially taken the record for the worst opening for a wide release that opened in more than 3,000 theaters. It previously was the rhythm section, which had just over like $2 million. Um, This one, I mean, you can give cut some slack because we are in the pandemic the rhythm section was not but the rhythm section did not have massive stars a massive budget was not let's see what the budget was let's look that up yeah please do because the amount of money that just got lost on this warner brothers i'm sure is not happy in the slightest you hate to see it i mean her film debut to 68 million dollar budget on this movie wow 68 million dollar budget and i saw trailers like a lot of trailers so it's got to be at least at least a 50 million dollar advertising budget on this thing yeah. so you're you have to make probably more than 150 million dollars in order to just break even and on their opening weekend they drew 51 people per theater <laughs> that's less than a whole theater for probably six showings a day three days in a row that is that is so disgustingly low. It is. To put that in perspective, Avengers Endgame grossed more than this film did in its opening weekend on its 44th day of release. Day 44. 
Endgame got over two million. A month and a half later, it was still making more money than Reminiscence on the first week, the whole it's weekend. entire weekend. That's this is just incredible stuff. <laughs> really impressive performance in how awful it was. Just so upsettingly sad, especially coming from like a Christopher Nolan produced, Christopher Nolan's sister-in-law made film. She made Westworld. Like Westworld was her show. And Westworld was huge. And this is so disgustingly sad. I mean, part of it has to do with the pandemic. And part of it has to do with the fact that it was also released on HBO Max. And I don't know anybody. I don't know a single goddamn person that would choose (laughs) to go to the theater over HBO Max for this movie particularly. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth the time. Just skim someone's password to HBO Max. Watch it for free. Or just don't watch it at all. I just don't know anybody who would go to the theaters to see this. It didn't get good reviews. It didn't look good. It just looked like another Christopher Nolan mind-bend action movie that we've seen three times done over already, even better than it probably was this time. And it's just got Hugh Jackman. Like That's the only that's the only poll is Hugh Jackman's in it. And I guess Rebecca Ferguson, because she's a good actress. That's it. That's it. That's all there is. And yeah. it just looked bad. And so to see it perform this low... That is that is a sign to Hollywood to stop making these kinds of movies. Stop trying to copy Christopher Nolan. Stop letting Christopher Nolan make these kinds of movies. Have him make Memento again. Stop. Just do other things. We we are past this this late 2000s, early 2010s. Christopher Nolan, Hans Zimmer scored sci-fi epic that is high concept and actiony. We are we are beyond that realm of of movie making tenet was already the first sign this is the second sign move on do something different that wow. is my that is my rant for today i'm and, sick and of it i'm sick of it impassioned speech by dylan i think i mean tenet did also lose money but it did make 350 something million worldwide most of that was from overseas stuff yeah so maybe that is a sign that uh, at least domestically that people are not about it these types of films anymore but I think for Tenet, there certainly was a lot more of the the pandemic at play here. This one with Reminiscence, I mean, we saw Free Guy do exceedingly well in its second weekend. Yes. I don't know if you can put all the blame on the pandemic thing. I can't. It just, as you said, it didn't look good mm-hmm. in any of the trailers. I've heard a lot of stuff from people saying that they didn't get many trailers. Because you and I, I'm sure... I saw plenty like online Google overlords know to cater to us with film stuff. So I'm sure we get a lot, but true. other people I'm sure did not get a lot of mm-hmm. advertisement for this. So that probably contributed. It just, it didn't have a lot of things going for it, but even still, wow, what a, what an abysmal showing. Truly awful. And the only thing in our top 10 list that is after reminiscence is black widow, which made 1.1 million, which is an $816 per theater average which isn't terrible for its many weekends you know later this is way down the line for black widow well a month and so like it's not doing too horrible it still could have been better still could have made scarlett johansson a bit more money if it had been theatrical exclusive but say love you indeed all right we got a new movie coming out this weekend in theaters, it is Candyman. Are you going to say that this gets double digits? Are you saying it's going to break the 20 mil barrier? 
what is your prediction for Candyman? I'm going to say I'm going to say it does not exceed 17 million. I'm going to say it probably settles around 14 or 15. Either that or it blows my expectations out of the water and it hits close to 30. It's one of the two. Because I could see it do making a lot of money because it's a horror movie. It is a classic. People like Candyman. People will want to go see the new one. But I could also see it being like, oh, it's a horror movie in August, at the tail end of August. Maybe people won't want to go see a horror movie right now. People are busy in school because school just started. I could see it getting closer to 12 million. So I'm guessing either between 12 and 15 million or way beyond that, closer to 30 million. One of those two. Well, that's quite a range. I know. I But nothing, nothing in the middle. Nothing in the middle. <laughs> I think... I'm going to go based on what The Conjuring did, despite the fact that it was also a simultaneous HBO Max release. It got 20 million. I mm-hmm. think Candyman, because the trailers actually do look good for this, like the ones that I had seen play in the theaters, mm-hmm. those were good. And you know me, I'm not a horror person at all. Yeah. But I was I was like, wow, I mean, that looks like a quality film. I'm not going to go see it. But for people that truly dig horror stuff, I think that will appeal to them very much. And it also has, I mean, Jordan Peele producing it. So that could mm. be something that gets people to go. So I think it will get 20 million. I think because of how Free Guy is performing right now and Candyman is also exclusively theaters, or at least like mostly so, it's not an HBO Max release mm-hmm. or anything. So I believe that it will be able to get 20 million. That's an optimistic projection but i think it will be able to do it it's a good projection now let me ask you before we move on on air right now for our halloween special in october whenever that comes out at the end of october will you sit down and watch horror movies with me that we can talk about when we whenever we pick a specific type of horror movie that we want to do this year i'll watch maybe one or two but that's i'll take two i mean yeah we're gonna have a guest on to really fill out a lot of the other horror movies and whatnot to give a better perspective of it. But I could be that person that comes in who is a little scaredy cat and also doesn't like horror movies. And to see some of those classics that I think we want to end up talking about, that would be an interesting perspective, I suppose. Mm, It just depends on like what kind of horror movies we we want to do. Like we could do slasher films. We could do um, like a monster classic from like the forties. We could do seventies horror films. There's like a different, niche that we could pick and i think this is all stuff that we could talk about later but i just wanted to wanted to get you recorded on air saying you'll watch a horror movie for our special <laughs> i mean yeah i'll do it i mean you've shown me horror movies in the past before you got me i mean just us, us in a quiet place all that stuff i mean a quiet place but none of those those really are all like feel like horror those yeah. are all like cerebral kind of horror movies us is the closest you get to like a real like like just a, a basic horror movie, like a, a killer or like uh, something like super scary. Like Midsommar is like very scary, very thrillery, but it's mostly like cerebral. Same for A Quiet Place. I want you to sit down. And I want you to watch something that is just a straight cut and dry horror movie like like Halloween or Scream or something like that, where it's just there to scare you or something actually scary or something. I don't know. Well, let, I'll, I'll figure it out when the time it comes. I just want to get you on tape saying it. Now it's time that we move on. To our main topic of discussion, we are doing our 2022 Oscar draft. We are doing this so that we can shed light on the more artsy movies 
rather than the blockbuster movies because that's what we were kind of focusing on for our box office draft and that kind of I don't know. Most of the movies we picked for our box office draft, or a couple of them, are not movies we would particularly be interested in seeing. We want to be able to talk about movies that we're excited about, movies that we really want to see, movies that we hope win awards, particularly Oscars. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to flip a coin like we did for our box office draft. We are going to go one by one, pick a movie. We're going to pick the movies first, and then after we have our full lists, we're going to sit down and talk about why we picked each movie. The basic rules are, for each nomination a movie gets, that is one point, and for each win it gets, that is three points. Now that we're all clear, we can move on. I'm excited and anxious. Let's see, this is pivotal. This is pivotal. I will flip the coin. You may call it in the air. Heads. It dropped. It fell all the (laughs) way behind. He disappeared. Stop the count. Stop I'm the going count. to go on the internet and look <laughs> and, and Google a tail or a, a coin flipping app on the internet because I've lost the only coin I have on me right now. Not your European five Ready? cents. Call it. The heads. It is tails. No. Let's go. I swear to God. I promise this is you it's a disaster. Tails. All right. I will go first. And my first pick. For the 2022 Don't make me Oscar draft. Don't make me do it. Is Nightmare Alley by Guillermo del Toro. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, that was the one. That, that was, was the, the one. Spider-Man No Way Home of the Oscar draft. Yes, it was. All right, you may go next. What is your first pick? Mine is. I got to do it. You know I got to. You know I've been go ahead. anticipating. Do it. Go ahead. Doom. Really? Yes. All right, that does take... That that is a heavy hitter for me. My next pick, my second pick, might be a movie that you've never even heard of so far. That you don't even know is coming out. Bet you I have, but I bet the audience has not. But go ahead and say it. This movie is The Power of the Dog by Jane Campion. Yeah, definitely heard of it. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right, my second pick Mm -hmm. is going to be... Yes. Don't look up. God damn it. <laughs> that was going to be my next pick. All right. My next next pick is going to be The French Dispatch. Ooh, okay. I mean, we knew it was coming from the Wes Anderson talk you were doing. Yep. Okay. I'm going to I have to do it. My next pick is tragedy of Macbeth. god damn it. god you're killing me here you're stealing all the ones i'm right telling you we definitely me. had the same list of 10 movies for sure we'll read them out i'll read the whole my whole list in order after we finish this god that is a big hit for me all right the next one my next pick is going to be soggy bottom or the oh. whatever the actual name is because we don't know what the real name is the untitled, untitled paul, paul thomas, thomas anderson movie. <laughs> yeah uh they better go with soggy bottom like at this point that should just be what it's called what is your next pick my next pick is house of gucci good pick good pick good pick all right my final pick 
Here for it is. the 2022 Oscar draft. The Last Duel. Ooh, okay. Fascinating. What is your final pick? My final pick is going to be West Side Story. Okay, okay. Not bad, not bad. All right, read your whole list in order from top to bottom because I want to know what order you put it in. Okay, so I... So here's the thing, because I knew Nightmare Alley was going to be the one that we were both going to go for. It has by yeah. far the most buzz, and yes. also it looks good, all the talent, Guillermo del Toro. So I was like, that's got to be the number one pick. That would have been my number one pick had I gone first. Mm-hmm. But then I was also knowing Dune. I knew the research you did yeah. would align with mine, where the technical words are going to be insane for that, as well as the potential for a lot of the big hitters, big best picture, best director, mm-hmm. potentially some supporting actors like Rebecca Ferguson. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that has so many potential nominations. And I simply cannot, I could not root against Dune because we're so competitive, you and I. I yeah. know for a fact, as we're watching the Oscars, I'm just going to root against whatever films you happen to have. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't, there can't be a small, tiny piece of me that ever roots against Dune. So I was yeah. like, I need to have it on my team. So I was going to have that. My strategy would have been if I got picked first, I would have done Nightmare Alley. Was yep. your first pick going to be Dune? No, my first pick was going to be Nightmare Alley no matter what. Well, so say I went first and I picked Nightmare Alley. What would be your next pick? The Power of the Dog. Dune was okay. number five on my list. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I was. That was going to be my strategy was to pick Nightmare Alley first. You would pick mm-hmm. Power of the Dog, something like that. Then I would pick Dune. Then what mm-hmm. would have been your next pick after Power of the Dog? It would have been Don't Look Don't Up. Don't Look Up. It would have gotcha. been Don't Look Up. Yeah, those are the top four on mine because mm-hmm. I knew those were going to be by far the biggest heavy hitters. Um, and then I had Tragedy of Macbeth. Mm-hmm. I had House of Gucci. I knew I knew that you weren't going to... Well, I anticipated you wouldn't pick West Side Story, so I knew that was going to be my last pick. So I like had it as higher on my list just because yeah. I knew that was something I would be able to secure. Um, but then I had House of Gucci... Soggy bottom. And then I told you I only had nine, like mm-hmm. picked out for sure. Yeah. And I was going to like on the fly pick between either the last duel mm-hmm. or being the Ricardos. Yeah, that w- those are both at the bottom of my list too. Yeah. Cause being the Ricardos, Aaron Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin yeah. based on Hollywood stuff, like that is just pure Oscar bait type stuff. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is House of Gucci. Yeah. And I'm hopefully, I mean, we can talk about, we're going to go through and give the rationale for each of our stuff. But personally, I think Last of Duel will, number one, be a better movie. It's the movie I'm looking more forward to yeah. from Ridley Scott. Um, but because right now, House of Gucci does have more of the anticipation Oscar-y. and buzz about it. Yeah. Um, especially with Lady Gaga attached, big name. Yeah. And of course, Hollywood it, star. it is a shoe in for costume. Oh, like, for sure. Easily. Yeah. I mean, it better when at least be at least a nomination. Yeah, so that's why it's funny to me that we both ended up picking the Ridley Scott thing, and I, mm-hmm. I'd imagine both of us feel like Last Duel we would personally like more, and then would probably be the better film. But it does seem less like the the Oscar picture than House of Gucci. So yeah. we'll see because they're different studios, so they could both like really push for the running. And Ridley Scott could have two films, two major films vying for nominations. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's my list in order. Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Don't Look Up, 
French Dispatch, then Dune, Tragedy of Macbeth, House of Gucci, Soggy Bottom, The Last Duel, and then finally being the Ricardos. Now let's go one by one and explain the rationale. I'll start with my first one, Nightmare Alley. That's pretty obvious. It's got such a big buzz going around it. It has a lot of the same people attached from uh, from The Shape, Shape of Water. Water. Yes, mm-hmm. The Shape of Water. It has a lot of those same people attached. And that one got, what, 10 nominations in and of itself? It got a, I know it won an insane four. amount. Yeah. Like, a like I think it got amount. 13 nominations, actually. We yeah, can that go sounds fact check right. that, but it got very many. Yeah, a crazy amount. It's got the same cinematographer, Dan Laustson. It's got Richard Jenkins, who's also in Shape of Water. It's got Kate Blanchett, who is a three-time, two-time, three-time Oscar-winning actress. Bradley Cooper, who is a winning, an Oscar winner. Uh, Rooney Mara, who's a nominee. Willem Dafoe, who's a nominee. Tony Collette, who's a nominee. Mary Steenburgen, who's a winner. David Strathairn, who's a nominee. And Richard Jenkins, who's a nominee. The composer is Alexander Desplat, who won an Oscar for Shape of Water, plus other movies. It, the costumes is Louis Sakira, who is also from Shape of Water, I believe, and sound editing is Nathan Robitaille, who's also nominated for Shape of Water. So you've got all of these people who are just coming from Shape of Water onto this new movie that is also a period piece and has also has all this star power of winners and nominees. It just seems very obvious that this is going to get just a monster amount of nominations. Yes. So to confirm, Shape of Water did in fact have 13 nominations Perfect. and it won four. Amazing. So including Best Director, Best Picture, you mentioned Best Score, and then it also won for Best Production Design. Yeah. So with this one, it's another period piece. You just mentioned the amazing cast attached, Alexander Despot coming back to score it. Um, he's also scoring another film. We can talk about that a little later yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was doing the calculations, I put the amount of like ones that it could reasonably get nominated for and then the mm-hmm. ones that it could possibly win. It's potential, like there's a good chance that Nightmare Alley could have north of 20 points yeah. by the close of the Oscar ceremony. Mm-hmm. Like that's how many potential categories it could get nominated in and then the wins that it could get. So definitely a heavy hitter. Heavy hitter indeed. For your first pick, definitely the most coveted of all these films. What's also like part of why I think it's so fun to do this way before we see any of them is mm-hmm. we have no idea how they could actually turn out. Yeah, they could. Could be you shit. imagine like, if it sucked, could be horrible? <laughs> if it was just straight up bad, of course not gonna happen. I mean, all the it's talent involved. But could you imagine if it did just straight up suck? Some like, of these we have could, no idea. Like, House of Gucci. I'm honestly, I'm I fairly don't know. certain it'll be bad. Because of the like buzz, it would just be crazy not to go for it. Because mm-hmm. it'd be easier to defend, oh, I picked House of Gucci because everyone at this time thought it was going to do well. Yeah. Versus me not picking it and it ends up doing what everyone expected, which is doing well at the Oscars. So that's why I was like, I have to have it on my list. Yeah. But I don't like personally feel good about the film itself. I don't know how great it'll actually end up being. So mm-hmm. hopefully it does do well enough and it is able to have a nice performance out of Lady Gaga in very direction out of Ridley Scott so that they want to award this film for him instead of The Last Duel. As you mentioned, costuming for that will definitely be a major factor. But we will get to that a little later on. I want to mm. talk about my first pick, the one I needed to secure. Mm. Dune. Dune. Now, is there a reason you put it so high up on your list other than the fact that you just really wanted it? Well, again, there's part part of it is me trying to 
have positive manifestations about doing. I wanted to do incredibly well at the box office and then also the awards. But this could be, and I don't know, we'll see. It's not going to live up box office wise, but this mm-hmm. could be the sci-fi version of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Right. An adaptation of like the benchmark sci-fi novel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is to sci-fi what Lord of the Rings is to fantasy. Yeah. It is in the hands of Denis Villeneuve, who is number one, a great fan of this, but also look at his track record, mm-hmm. especially with sci-fi films. The man has not missed yet. So not at all. I'm fully have my utmost faith that this will be a great film. Mm-hmm. It also has an incredible cast. So that's attractive for sure to the Academy. A lot of recognizable people, people they like, people they want to have their films do well. So that's another thing going for it. It's also, this is one of the key factors. Warner Brothers is doing the same thing for this film that they did for Joker and A Star is Born, which is they're sending it to a lot of these festivals. Like the fall season, of course, since that's the lead into the Oscar season, all these films we're talking about, they're getting their premieres at these Mm -hmm. festivals. They're playing at these different festivals. When you talk about Power of the Dog, I'm sure that will maybe come up as part of your rationale. Yeah. Um, So Warner Brothers is doing that same strategy. And of course, for Joker, which had the most nominations of the Oscars that it was going for, it had 11, I believe. Mm -hmm. That could mean that Dune is going to get the same sort of favorable treatment by the Academy that that film did. Because it's more of a genre thing, right? It's not like a typical drama that you would see in Oscars. But because of the power of the filmmakers that we have here and the story itself, I'm really thinking that it could also do the same amount of nominations that Joker got. Mm-hmm. So he also, Villeneuve, was sort of overlooked for 2049, later under 2049. He had like some nominations in there, like Roger Deakins, right, was able to get a win, pick up the win for cinematography. But he himself was snubbed and then it didn't get Best Picture or anything like that. Dune, I think, is something because it's not a sequel. Um, and again, the story itself, mm-hmm. I think, is going to be so captivating and the execution that he will bring to it. I think this would be a film that they'd feel really good about giving that the nods in the best picture category, potentially the best director category. I believe he got a nomination for Arrival. Is that true? Yes, um, he did. Yeah. So it, there is a precedent for him getting a nomination and director for a sci-fi film Mm -hmm. i think he could get a second one here for it and then a lot of the technicals this is where i think it'll really shine i almost guarantee you it will win score for hans zimmer just because that man well i mean we'll see with Desplat since he's gonna have two in there Desplat is the front runner for me if you ask me because he's got two coming in here for because he's already won for uh, Shape of Water, which Guillermo Toro directed, and he already won for Grand Budapest, which Wes Anderson directed, and he's making both of their movies. Like he's composing for both of their right. movies this year. And on top of that, Hans Zimmer has never been rewarded much at the Oscars, which could which go in his favor. Insane. And that's what I'm saying. I think, but they it also could, could not. They could because that man's already won twice for working with those same directors, right? And if he's getting two nominations, like that's already a testament to his talent and skill and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there would be a need to reward him even more. Whereas Hans Zimmer, he only won one Oscar for The Lion King, which is, oh, so good. An amazing score. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had by far the biggest, like he is the great composer of our time, has some of the most recognizable scores. 
besides John Williams. And so I think at this point in time, they would also want to reward him for this. And it's also, I mean, going to be a fabulous score. I think mm. Dune will get best sound for sure. I'm very confident in that as well. It has a shot at getting VFX, a shot at cinematography, could do production design, could do costuming, could do hair and makeup. You see uh, Skull and Skarsgård in that film. The man looks, mm. I mean, it looks amazing. Yes. How hideous he looks. So great job to them mm. on that front. Could get editing. Could end up getting adapted screenplay. Mm. Eric Roth, who wrote Forrest Gump, and I believe one screenplay for that. He did. He is a part of the writing team with this, with alongside Denis Villeneuve and John Spaths, who is a pretty consistent worker in sci-fi. He's done a lot of those films recently. So mm-hmm. with those three minds together doing the screenplay, I could also see that getting an award there so the potential for nominations here and then not to mention like i said there's the potential for timothy chalamet he's already been nominated once for best actor could happen here i don't know how much of a powerhouse Mm. performance it'll be but that could happen a lot of the supporting cast specifically rebecca ferguson maybe oscar isaac they could end up getting nods as well we'll see that's a little less likely than a lot of the technicals but Mm. I think there's going to be many nominations here and then many wins. I see this sort of doing a Mad Max Fury Road type deal where that won the most in the year that it was nominated because it cleaned up in the technicals. And Dune, I think, will follow that same path uh, and then also has the potential to get some of those higher up awards. Don't know if it'll necessarily win. I mean, Best Director, Best Picture, but getting nods in those categories, I think, will definitely help. Um, And then I think the fact that it does get nominated there will help push them uh, over the edge with the technical awards where they'll want to award them in some capacity. So for me, Dune, because I love it, but then also because it just makes sense. The math checks out here. Dune, I think, is going to get a lot of nominations. I'm not as confident in Dune as you are. Just for the the sake of it being a sci-fi film, that's already a hard hump to get over. I I don't see it winning a lot of things other than technical awards or even maybe even getting nominated for things other than technical awards. It's I could see Denis Villeneuve getting nominated for direct like I could see amassing a lot of nominations. I could see it amassing 10, maybe 11 nominations. But I don't see it winning as many as I think you see. I can see special effects, I can see makeup and hairstyling. And I can see maybe sound, but I can't see very far past that because there's so many other movies that are period pieces this year, and it's hard to top those for production design. Even if this is epic, it is a lot of CGI. I feel like it's going to have a hard time beating some of these other things in production design because there's just so much it's competing against with all these period pieces. And there's also House of Gucci that I I swear is going to clean up on costuming. Like, it has yeah. to. So I think I you might lose out there. And I don't see Dune getting any acting nominations. I just don't see it getting any. There's just so many other movies coming out this year that are huge movies packed with all these famous actors that are designed for actors. And I don't think Dune is meant for actors. I think it's meant for the experience that is Dune. So I don't think the acting will be at the forefront of it. And I don't see it getting any nominations in acting, which is going to be a heavy hit for it. Because you've got things like Nightmare Alley and Don't Look Up and French Dispatch that are so packed with actors that 
you can get nominations from any anyone in there that is good enough for a nomination. Like you could throw it in there. This is not one that I think, even though it is packed with a bunch of talented actors, this is not a movie that I think is going to put those performances at the forefront to get a nomination unless they really campaign for it, which I don't think they will. I think they're campaigning for technical awards and then like best picture, best director, best writing, which are I think are nominations that it can get. But I don't think it can win any of those except maybe best adapted screenplay. Right. That's gotcha. my thinking. That's why I put it at number five. I think all the ones that I have on my list that are before it can get the nominations and actually have a greater chance at winning the nominations that it gets. Which brings me to my number two, The Power of the Dog by Jane Campion. Jane Campion made a movie way back in the 90s called The Piano. It had Holly Hunter. It had a very young Anna Paquin. And it got eight nominations and three wins. That is a, a, a big turnaround for a movie that is like a, a drama focused movie it has like it's not a big blockbuster it is like a drama it is a period piece drama that maybe not a lot of people have seen or like maybe they thought a lot of people would see it but i think a lot of people did end up seeing it and from this movie the power of the dog premiered at the venice film festival recently and it got a lot of buzz it got a lot of people saying that it is a very very good movie and then in particular the performances are very good it has Benedict Cumberbatch, who is a nominee, Kristen Dunst and Jesse Plemons, who are not nominated for anything, have never been nominated before, Keith Carradine, who is an Oscar winner, and Francis Conroy and Thomas and McKenzie. I could see, I, I am fairly confident that Benedict Cumberbatch will get a nominee and he may even win. They're saying his performance is that good in this movie. I can see Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons getting nominations for this movie. But my problem with that is Jesse Plemons is also going to be in the new Martin Scorsese movie, Killers of the Flower Moon. And I don't know how... It, when is that movie coming out? It's coming out 2021, right? No, I don't think so. I think Then never mind. That would have been on our list. Would yeah. it not? I mean, Scorsese, Leonardo, say, come on. Then, because it just came to my mind now, and then I realized it wasn't on our list. That doesn't make sense. So, yeah, it must be coming out 2022, so it doesn't count anyway. So I feel like Jesse Plemons could get a supporting actor nomination and Kirsten Dunst could get a supporting actress nomination or leading actress nomination. And I'm fairly confident that Benedict Cumberbatch can definitely get nominated and could even win. His performance is apparently so good in this. Jane Campion will most likely get an art, a writing nomination, maybe even a directing nomination. And I feel like it'll, it will 100% get a Best Picture nomination. It is also a Western period piece, so we've got costuming, possibly production design possibly uh editing possibly the editing supposedly good the production designer is grant major who did the production design on the lord of the rings trilogy and king kong and he won for lord of the rings so i mean he's pretty good at his job and the composer is johnny greenwood who is in radiohead and he did the composition for phantom thread which he was nominated for i could also see him getting a nomination but i doubt he will receive a win but the nomination also counts. So that is my logic of putting the power of the dog so high up. I think you get a nomination, a lot of nominations. And I also think it can get quite a few wins. Right. Yeah. So this one to give you the like log line of the film, because I think you and I both did not hear about this film before we started researching it. This is true. Um, two brothers uh, who are the co-owners of a Montana ranch duel after one of them gets married very vague don't know what ends up happening there but this is by far i think that other than nightmare alley like this is the other major powerhouse people are expecting for 
these Oscars, at least at this time, mm -hmm. this film is going to be at every single festival that we got in the fall. Yeah. Like, it's going to be the Festival Darling. Uh, Nomadland had that same path a year ago, and it obviously did well for that film. Yeah. It also has Netflix. So that, I think, partially can work for it because they're going to have a lot of money to do the campaigning. But yeah. it can work against it because I still don't know. We may not be at the point yet where the Academy is going to award mm -hmm. a Netflix film. That's understandable. But we will we will see if they do that. I agree with you that it will most definitely get a Best Picture nod, a Best Director nod, I'm sure a Best Adapted Screenplay nod, since that was one of the awards that Jane Champion won back with the piano. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that in the 80s, though? Not the 90s. Was that the 80s? I believe that. that was the 80s. Like, I believe it's even more impressive that... No, that was 90s, 93. Oh, really? Okay. Because uh, it's got Sam Neill, and that's what made him famous to do Jurassic Park in 94. Oh, gotcha. But yeah, um, this film, I think, has those going for it. And then, certainly, I think the other major component will be the actors at... I don't know if Cumberbatch will end up taking it, but I think mm -hmm. he'll certainly get a nomination. Kirsten Dunst is doing really well lately, so they could also yeah. want to reward her, give her that nomination, potentially a win. Clemens has not been nominated yet, so they may feel that he's overdue, or I think it may be more likely that his first one comes with Killers of the Flower Moon, but mm -hmm. that's definitely a possibility. Um, and then, as you said, I think certainly it'll get cinematography because it looks beautiful. Oh, you yes. look the images and whatnot. Man, it looks gorgeous. Um, costume design, production design, that sort of stuff. I can also see as potential things it can get. I think I'm less confident in it getting those nominations than the other ones. Mm, those other ones, receive. I feel like, are guaranteed. But these ones, like, maybe could do it, but I could, could possibly get edged out. I can see receiving an editing nomination because... Westerns do traditionally get a lot of those nominations just because of the slow draw in order to make an interesting movie, but commit to that Western slow sort of style is very hard to do in an editing room. So I could see getting some kind of an editing nomination, though I can't guarantee a win and I highly doubt an editing win for the power of the dog, but a nomination is all is, is good enough. Right. All right. So that is power, the power of the dog. Talk to me about don't look up. All right, I will. So this one is one that I personally have been excited for. Me too. Again, because I wanted to like go for these films that I also genuinely think will do well and I want to do well. So Don't Look Up is one of those. It's about low-level astronomers. They go on a media tour to, war, to warn the world of an impending doom via a meteor. And it is written and directed by Adam McKay. You may remember from Vice or The Big Short. And it has an all-star cast among them, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, and a return of sorts for her. She's been away for a little while. Jonah Hill, Meryl Streep as the president. That'll be amazing to see. Jonah Hill plays her son, too. Uh, that's just every little piece of info I get about this film. Makes me want to see it more. Mm -hmm. So this one, it's Adam McKay, who in Vice, which is... A very like I mean all of his films and this one I'm sure as well, they're quite heavy-handed, but it is a fun ride. I mean he, the pace of them and the writing themselves. I mean it does keep you interested for it, uh, even with a lot of the overt social commentary that he throws in there. Um, but of course, I mean it's the Hollywood audience is one that will go for that particular type of social commentary. So 
he's done well with his films in the past. And I expect this one Mm -hmm. with the connections to climate change, especially in light of the recent report from the IPCC that is even more adamant about the fact that, yes, we're killing our planet and we need to stop it. Um, This film, which seems like it can be an allegory for how scientists try to warn the world of things and then everyone tries to avoid confronting that. That is exactly what it is, yes. Yeah, it's definitely, I think, going to work very well in these times. Vice got eight nominations in its year, Mm -hmm. and it won for hair and makeup for that Dick Cheney look. Um, This one, Don't Look Up, because it has... I mean, the pure star power of Leo and Jennifer Lawrence to Oscar winners, incredibly beloved. Also Meryl Streep. I mean, Jonah Hill, again, I think that combined with Adam McKay and the subject matter and the timing, I feel like it'll do very well, at least to rack up the nominations and things like screenplay, editing. Editing 100%. The editing is uh, Hank Corwin, who did the editing on Vice and Big Short, both Mm -hmm. of which he was nominated for. It's just because Adam McKay's style is so editing heavy and so stylistic that way that it is very easy to set up for a nomination. For sure. And so I could see beyond that, I could see Best Picture, which Vice got, Best Director, which McKay got for Vice. I could see Best Actor things here for Leo and Jayla, and then even supporting stuff. and then there's always the potential for things like production di- design and costuming and hair and makeup. I feel like the latter of these is probably the most likely mm. of these other sorts of technical awards. Um, but there's always the possibility that it gets those. But I think the star for this stuff, like the best chances that it has are in those things I listed, like editing, screenplay the director picture and then those actors it has I think a it chance. has good chance at winning editing and screenplay uh-huh. for it sure has a good chance to get a nomination for composer as well because that's nicholas Bertel who did if beale street could talk and moonlight and he got nominations for both of those this isn't as serious as a thing as those movies but he's clearly a talented composer and i can see him coming up with something that could possibly get a nomination there and the cinematographer is linus sandgren who won for la la land so he's clearly very talented and with this sort of quick editing style and sort of stylistic interpretation of a film that Adam McKay does. I could see him getting a nomination as well for any kind of extra flair he can add to it. And I also have a very strong feeling. This is just a gut feeling that Jonah Hill can get a nomination for best supporting actor yet again, because he's playing a very comedic role again. He's playing the president's son who is trying to convince the American population that, there is not an asteroid that is about to hit the Earth. He is he's part of that political right wing conspiracy group that is trying to to dissuade any kind of fear. He's like the the anti uh, global warming kind of people. So I could see him having a lot of fun with that kind of role, and I could see him securing a nomination. Yes, hopefully that does end up being the case because that would be great for Don't Look Up and for me with my Rosta. All right, let's move on to your third one, which was your little Wes Anderson, your guy. Yeah, The French Dispatch. Now, this one is a very big hitter, if you ask me. I mean, it's Wes Anderson. He usually gets quite a few nominations. It's harder for him to get wins. I don't know if this is a kind of movie that could get wins. It doesn't really seem like it. 
just because it seems because when you look at like things like Grand Budapest, that is him at the peak of his power, and he still didn't secure a lot of wins off of that. Like he got enough on the technical awards, but not enough on like the bigger awards. He wasn't able to to grab onto any of those. But he's still he's still doing a lot here. He he is writing this with Jason Schwartzman and Roman Coppola, who are his uh big helpers a lot. Roman Coppola helped him write Moonrise Kingdom, which he was nominated for writing for that one. And he's also writing with Hugo Guinness, who also co-wrote Grand Budapest Hotel, and they were nominated for that one as well. So I could very easily see this getting an original screenplay nomination, like very easily. He gets them all the time. Mm-hmm. It is starring Timothy Chalamet, who's a nominee, Edward Norton, who's a nominee, Jeffrey Wright, Elizabeth Moss, Benicio Del Toro, who's a winner, Owen Wilson, who's a nominee, Saoirse Ronan, who's a nominee, Adrian Brody, who's a winner, Tilda Swinton, who's a winner, Christoph Waltz, who's a winner, Francis McDormand, who's a winner, Leah Seydoux, Willem Dafoe, who's a nominee, Bill Murray, who's a nominee, Leah Schreiber, Rupert Friend, Angelica Houston, who's a winner, Bob Balaban, who's a nominee, Fisher Stevens, who's, who's a winner, Jason Schwartzman, Henry Winkler, Griffin Dune, who's a nominee, Alex Lauter, Matthew Imorick, Tony Rove. Tony Revolori and Steve Park. So he's got a huge cast here. He does not often get acting nominations, however. And I feel like he's also going to be missed for acting nominations in this one. I'm not counting on it too much other than maybe Bill Murray, because Bill Murray seems to be the centerpiece of this one. And Bill Murray is, is triumphantly amazing in all of Wes Anderson's movie. He might be finally getting credit for one, though I doubt it. I feel like it is could very easily be passed for any kind of acting nominations. So I'm not relying heavily there. I'm relying on Best Picture, Best Director, Best Writing, Best Composer nomination for Alexander Desplat, Best Cinematography nomination for Robert D. Yeoman, who is his typical cinematographer who got a nomination for Grand Budapest, uh, perhaps a nomination for Editor, which is Andrew Weissblum, who was nominated for Black Swan, Production design should get a nomination. That's Adam Stockhausen, who's also did Grand Budapest Hotel, who won for that. Uh, costume designer, who's Milena Cananero, who won for Grand Budapest Hotel. Marie Antoinette, Cherry, a Fire, and Barry Lyndon. So she's a four-time winner. She should get a nominee, though I don't think she'll, she might get beaten by House of Gucci, unless House of Gucci is just such a bad movie that it doesn't matter how good the costumes are. And I could see it getting mega. There's no, like crazy makeup or hairstyling going on but there's just so many characters and so many actors famous actors playing so many different characters that you notice the hairstyling very easily because they look so different than their their actual self and you notice the makeup that's going on that they could get a nomination they won francis hannon won for grand budapest and that's because of tilda swinton's makeup and all that and all the different hairstylings they did because it was a period piece this is also a period piece but based on what i've seen it isn't like crazy hairstylings or anything but i can see it getting a nomination nonetheless there's just so much like star power happening behind the scenes as well in this movie so many winners and nominees in this movie and wes anderson always gets a lot of nominations he doesn't get a lot of wins other than grand budapest hotel maybe this is his year to for him personally to win something because he personally has not won anything ever which is a travesty. He has like eight nominations at this point and has never won. He deserves one for something. He should have won something for Grand Budapest, and he didn't. So I'm hoping to God, please give him something, anything, maybe original screenplay or something. I don't know. I haven't seen how good it is yet, but he's definitely going to get at least six, seven, maybe even eight nominations for this thing, just for different technical awards, for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Writing, it's, it is a heavy hitter. Any Wes Anderson movie is typically going to be a heavy hitter. And this being such a tour de force of actors, 
and it being a period piece, it's going to have some weight. Gotcha. For me, this was fairly low on my list. I, I think that. it will. I'm almost confident it will win production design. I think that mm. is its best chance. I think it'll also get score, as we already mentioned. I can see it getting the best original screenplay nom, costume design nom, potentially cinematography. Uh, and then there's always the option for best picture and best director. I don't know if best director seems less likely to me, mm-hmm. but I feel like best picture it could squeeze in there with the 10 that it has. I don't think it'll get any acting noms. Yeah. And I agree with you that I felt like this would be one of the heavy hitters with nominations, but not necessarily wins. Yeah. I think like on the technical, Dune will get a lot of wins. Nightmare Alley or Power of the Dog will get the major actors or the best pick, best director ones. Like those were the ones that like we could see a lot of very clear winning happening. Mm-hmm. For this one, I see best production design for sure. But I don't know if it wins anything else. So that's why I had it fairly low on the list. But yeah. definitely was one that like needed to be in there and needed to be in the top 10. But wasn't one that I was really jumping at. Understandable. Um, yeah, my next one was Tragedy of Macbeth, correct? Yeah, talk to me about that. Yep, talk to me about that. So this one, I mean, well, number one, it's an adaptation of Macbeth. True. Directed by Joel Cohen. That is One correct. of the two Cohen brothers. Who have created amazing films. I mean, this is his first solo venture, but mm-hmm. I'm sure the man is more than capable on his own. It's also starring Denzel Washington yeah. and it Francis be, McDormand. It would like, be so funny if this movie was terrible and he's like, uh, I, just, I <laughs> yeah. didn't have I didn't have Eaton to help me and I just didn't know what I was doing. Where we only work well when we're together. It would be so funny if that's what happened. But it will it will genuinely be an amazing film just for the star power involved. Denzel Washington as Macbeth is going to be incredible. I know. And then Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth. I mean, these are two of the best actors of all time. And Francis McDormand coming off of an Oscar win. I that's potentially why I'm like, I don't know if she'll be able to get, I mean, two consecutive ones. I don't know if it'll get that, but I mean, given the subject matter and just how skilled and talented she is cannot see any universe where she doesn't get nominated for it yeah and then also for denzel washington i can't see him not getting nominated for a role like this Mm -hmm. i feel like those just have to happen and then similarly i feel like we got to see a best picture a best director Mm -hmm. cinematography definitely i can see i mean it's in black and white they eat that stuff up it's the cinematographer is bruno del bonnell who has Mm -hmm. been nominated plenty of times before including for amelie Darkest Hour, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, you know, that yeah. got nominated. That's yeah. incredible to me. Yeah, I have and it all in here. Inside Lewin Davis and a very long where, engagement. Yeah, he worked with the Coen brothers on that. So, I mean, a lot of nominations he's had, no wins. So this could potentially be when he gets his flowers. He gets that win. Yeah. We have uh, Best Costumes as well. It's a period piece. Mm-hmm. So that could be a major factor. Best Production Design, I could see. Best hair and makeup as well, although that comparatively with some of these other ones, I don't see that as like one of the major ones that would uh, bolster this film, but definitely that's a possibility. And then I do see a very good chance for best score done by Carter Burwell, mm-hmm. who was nominated for Carol and Three Billboards. And he also so, did Fargo, which is one of the best film scores of all time, and I can't believe he wasn't even nominated for it. Right? Absolutely ridiculous. So hopefully, I mean, he also needs to 
get his recognition. So hopefully it'll come in the form of tragedy of Macbeth. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of great talent with this one. It's one of those that just seemed like it can't possibly be bad, right? Like Nightmare Alley, like that's a, there's just no way it's not going to deliver. So hopefully it gets a lot of recognition. I think all those noms are really solid choices. And again, I think there's great opportunity for it to win in some of those categories like cinematography score could get those major. I mean, it would be a great story for Denzel Washington to get best actor. I mean, that could really tempt people to give it to him. So mm. I'm excited for this one to to do very well. Now, my one hesitation with what you said was production design. It is a period piece, but the production designer is Stephen Deshand. Now, he's relatively new to production design. His most notable works were Kong Skull Island and Welcome to Marwin and a couple other movies that came out in the past few years. And he's mostly been an art director. He was the art director for Avatar, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. He also did the art direction for True Grit, which is probably where he met Joel Cohen because he, he directed that. And I'm not sure I'm not as confident on it getting a production design nomination. And I am almost certainly confident that it will not win production design unless something blows my mind away. Right. I mean, I, I agree. Like I do feel like French dispatch is going to get that win for production mm-hmm. design. Yeah. Um, and so all the other ones I'm looking at, I'm like, Oh, these are just going to be the nominations. Mm-hmm. But for this one, like a major part of it was them like doing stuff on soundstage. Cause I think they had to do it during the COVID stuff. Yeah. And so in order to bring that world to life, it, a lot of it had to come through in the production design. So that's why I feel like this could have a strong chance at mm. that because of how prevalent it was. But I agree. It's not not one of the major ones that Tragedy of Macbeth is going to mm-hmm. uh, be made or broken on. We will have to see. Now, here's where my picks get a little interesting. And I didn't bring it up at the time, but I'll bring it up now. My fourth pick was Soggy Bottom, which is the untitled Paul Thomas Anderson film. Mm -hmm. Now, the way my list worked was when we got to number five, that was Dune, which you had picked right away. And then when you got to number six, it was Tragedy Macbeth, which you had picked right before my chance to pick. If you hadn't picked that, I would have picked Tragedy Macbeth. Gotcha. So the next one on my list, number seven, was House of Gucci. And then after that was Soggy Bottom. And I looked at it, and I my my whole plan was to just pick them down the list and keep going in order, and just pick the next one if you picked one before me. And I get to House of Gucci, and my mind went blah. <laughs> that was the same way I felt when I had to pick it. But yes, <laughs> I just I thought about the movie, and I thought about what it could get nominated for, and I'm thinking costume design, and maybe a few acting nominations. Like maybe Lady Gaga, maybe Adam Driver, maybe Jared Leto. That's the most I saw it getting. I didn't see it getting anything else because it's in the same category, if you ask me, as All the Money in the World. It's in that same kind mm-hmm. of style. It's what it looks like, the same kind of style of filmmaking that Ridley's been doing recently. And to me, I don't think that is going to be as appetizing to an Oscar audience as most of these other movies. And so I think this year it could get very easily glossed by other than maybe costume design. And also, bleh. So I, <laughs> I, I passed that and picked Soggy Bottom, which is also quite a risk. It because is. Because Paul Thomas Anderson 
does not get a lot of love at the Oscars. He gets very few nominations, and he never wins. And he's in that same sort of category as Wes Anderson, but Wes Anderson gets a lot more technical nominations than he does. There, He has very few acting nominations for his actors, and he, the only time he's ever gotten a win for acting, I believe, was There Will Be Blood. Yes. It's the only time. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of big actors in this one. It's Bradley Cooper is the biggest actor in here. And he could get a nomination for Best Supporting Actor because I'm pretty sure he's a supporting character in it. But if he does a good enough job, he could get that nomination, which would be great for me. My biggest fear is that we were talking about this earlier tonight, and I didn't want to bring it up at the time, but I'll bring it up now. We were talking about early PTA and late PTA. Early PTA was very much bright colors, very vibrant, mostly San Fernando Valley, uh, California type era kind of thing where he grew up. Those kinds of movies. Boogie Nights, uh, Magnolia, uh, Punch Drunk Love, those kinds of movies. Hard Eight, that kind of stuff. And then he shifted into late PTA, which was a lot of period pieces that were very drama heavy very much uh like actor performance stylistic films like the master phantom thread and there will be blood those got more nominations than his earlier films did Mm -hmm. and it's because of the technical awards that they can get particularly there will be blood because that was neck and neck with no country for old men they had all the same nominations as each other and they were just fighting back and forth. So that those were so so there will be blood was like his biggest not a movie at the time. For late PTA, the only movie that stands out that is against the late PTA formula is Inherent Vice, which got no love at the Oscars mm-hmm. whatsoever. It is it is kind of like it feels like it's more of like a return to early PTA, stylistically speaking. And that scares me because now we have another movie that is following that it is going to be kind of like early. It is 1970s San Fernando Valley, California, like specifically kind of movie, kind of feeling like it's early PTA kind of vibes. And that right. gets me excited because I love early PTA, but it makes me scared for this because Inherent Vice got no love. PTA does not get a lot of love and PTA might not get a love with this one. I'm feeling like he could get a, a writing nomination. He gets those more easily than anything else. I think he's overdue for another directing nomination. So if it is a very quality film, he could get that. And if it is very quality, it'll most likely get best picture since there's 10 spots. I feel like it could get that if it is good enough. Bradley Cooper could getting, could get an acting nomination for best supporting actor. I don't see any leads winning or getting nominated. No lead acting nominations whatsoever. And it is a period piece. It's the 1970s. And if it is good enough, it could get Best Makeup and Hairstyling nomination. It could get Best Production Design nomination, though most likely won't win. It could get Best Editing because his movies are very out there in terms of stylism in the editing. It could get Best Cinematography. I'm not sure. Right. This was very much on the bottom of my list, so I didn't even get to looking over it completely to to see who is attached to this so far. I know Benny Safdie is going to be in it as an actor. So that's very interesting to me that he's going to be acting in it. I think that's kind of cool. Um, the production designer is Florencia Martin, who did the who was an art department for her and the master. So she has experience with 
similar kinds of films. She's worked with Paul Thomas Anderson before. The costume designer is Mark Bridges, who did Phantom Thread, which he won for. Joker, which I believe he was nominated for. Yes. Uh, Inherent Vice. I guess he was nominated for Inherent Vice. So I could see costume design getting a nomination. Uh, And he was nominated, or he won for The Artist. So I see it getting a costume nomination, but probably not win because of House of Gucci, unless it's exceptional. Uh, And there's no other, like, big names on here. There's no composer, so that most likely means he's using a, a... soundtrack instead of any kind of composition so that's out the window there's no cinematographer listed so i have no idea who's shooting this movie but it could get a nomination for that i'm just i'm very much (laughs) feeling writing i'm feeling maybe best picture uh costume design production design perhaps and maybe supporting actor nomination but because i didn't like house of gucci so much (laughs) soggy bottom was my next pick gotcha yeah, let's now, talk about House of Gucci. Talk about House of Gucci now. House of Gucci. It's um yeah, I think like based on the trailer that we saw, that definitely dropped my expectations and anticipation for this film. But it does still at this point seem like it's the the one that they would definitely push for the Oscars. It does have Lady Gaga and Adam Driver and Jerry Leto, Al Pacino. I mean, it does have a solid cast so there are a lot of options for acting nominations i think the best shot is going to be lady gaga but jared leto could potentially get some for supporting adam driver could uh best costuming i think that has to win i mean if you're gonna be a movie about gucci you better bring it with the costuming so they should win there they should win with hair and makeup because they transformed jared leto and the Oscars love seeing that. See Vice with Dick Cheney. Um, and whatever movie Gary Oldman was in where he's playing Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. So they love to reward that stuff. So I think it can do well there. Yeah. With Ridley Scott, this will be interesting because I think some of the same logic applies with Last Duel. He's been nominated four times, but he has had no wins. And so this could be the chance that they want to recognize him, at least by giving him a nomination or giving him the win. Don't think he'll get the win, but that could be helping him get that nomination at the least. It is, I mean, the subject matter of it, like Hazuguchi, it does sort of feel like that Oscar type of zany drama that they sometimes like to go with. Yeah. Like nothing as truly out there and interesting and strange as things like something PTA would do, but... Like, this feels more like a safer thing, more digestible for the Academy that they would want to reward. So I feel like it does have the solid chance, as long as it's good, to get Best Picture, to get that Best Director, as I said. I don't know who the cinematographer is for this. I didn't look into that too deeply because based on the trailers, I didn't think it would be a shoe-in for that one. But based on the two very clear and obvious wins that it should get hair and makeup and costuming and then the potential for some of those acting nods and some of the best picture best director thing i felt like it did have enough of an opportunity to like balance out some of your other films that would get a lot of wins this one i think will get a good chunk of nominations and should have two solid wins so that'll help at the least keep my my roster afloat 
So that's why I did end up going in Hazaguchi. But yeah, Hazaguchi was just above Soggy Bottom on my list as well. And you did take away that chance for me to like switch it at last moment to Soggy yeah. Bottom. I don't think I would have. Like, if anything, the impulse change would have been to The Last Duel because I just, I personally believe in that more as a film. Yeah. And I love Matt Damon and I love Ben Affleck. And I can see a world where it does end up because of their combination and also working with um, Hall of Center. Like, that could mean the writing's really good. And then the rest of it, the period piece, it could harken back to his Gladiator days, which was his most successful movie in terms of the mm -hmm. Oscars. Yeah. So. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and explain more of your decision with The Last Duel? First, I'd like to make a correction for when I was talking about Soggy Bottom. Uh, Inherent Vice, apparently he uh, PTA did get a writing nomination for Inherent Vice. So that does make me feel a lot better that I feel like he de can definitely get a writing nomination. You'll get at least one. You, you'll get one. <laughs> I think he'll definitely get a writing nomination. And then you could get throw in some other ones in there like costume design and uh, maybe editing. And then hopefully Best Picture as well, at least a nomination. Uh, talking about The Last Duel now, this was a movie that I also didn't do a lot of research on. It was this, the ones that I didn't do a lot of research on were House of Gucci, Soggy Bottom, Last Duel, and Being the Ricardos, because they were so far down on my list, I just didn't have time. Now, The Last Duel was just slightly ahead of Being the Ricardos, just because Being the Ricardos is very Oscar baity, and the only Aaron Sorkin movie to do well at the Oscars was. Uh, Trial of Chicago 7, that was like specifically his movie, was Trial of Chicago 7. Uh, Molly's Game didn't do anything, pretty much. It got a writing nomination, that was it. But Trial of Chicago 7 got quite a few nominations, but no wins just about. I think it maybe got one, didn't it? For editing, I think. I honestly don't Let me know. Look that up. It, it shouldn't have won editing. It definitely should not have. I remember that, but uh, it may have. Let's fact check that real quick. It got no wins. It got yeah. nominated for editing, but no wins. So he's got six nominations for Trial of Chicago 7, which is a decent amount, but no wins. That's mm -hmm. pretty sad. And I feel like being the Ricardos is going to be in the same camp of maybe it'll get a couple of nominations, but it will not win anything, especially with the catalog of films that we've just been talking about that are coming out this year, plus the other ones that we didn't even take into consideration that could come out of nowhere and surprise us, the surprises that might snub some other people much so like, like parasite yeah when they came out yeah mm -hmm. so i'm feeling very strongly that aaron sorkin's gonna get pretty hardly snubbed this year so that was always gonna be at the bottom of my list and then right above that was the last duel just because there's something about it that just doesn't feel like it's gonna get a lot of nominations i feel like just for nostalgia's sake it'll get a writing nomination for ben affleck and matt damon and nicole hollow center just for nostalgia's sake, unless they do a terrible job writing it, which I doubt they did. I feel like it could get acting nominations just for the sake of it, because you've got some powerhouse performers leading this thing. Ben Affleck, uh, Matt Damon, Adam Driver, and Jodie Comer. Those are big powerhouse names, especially right now. So like, you, I can see one or two nominations perhaps, but I don't really see any wins, except for maybe Adam Driver, maybe Jodie Comer, but I doubt it. I don't see Ben Affleck or Matt Damon winning any acting for this. Um, the technical awards, production design, prop, most likely get a nomination. Uh, special effects might get a nomination just because it's such a, a bigger period piece, like like so far back that you need CGI to complete the look of it. So it could get a nomination for special visual effects, especially because there's no big visual effects powerhouses coming out other than Dune and superhero movies. So I could see 
the last duel may be getting a nomination, but definitely not a win. Like that's going to do no matter what. Um, costume design will probably get a nomination just because I mean I watched the trailer; those costumes are crazy. the The sideways helmet that Matt Damon puts on mm-hmm. is ridiculous looking. <laughs> um, makeup and hairstyling could get a nomination just because doesn't Matt Damon look like he has like some kind of scarring on his face, and then Ben Affleck is blonde, so yeah. like. It, they have crazy hairstyles. Yeah, it could get a makeup and hairstyling nomination. Um, so we've got production design, costume design, makeup and hairstyling. Uh, the cinematography could get a nomination just for the sake of it. I'm not sure if you're shooting it. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, I feel like it could just clean up in nominations and technical awards just because it is such a bigger period piece, kind of like Gladiator was when you go that far back. Oh, yeah, the, the cinematographer is Darius Wolski who did The Martian with Ridley Scott and Prometheus with Ridley Scott, and he was just nominated for News of the World. So Mm. he could be coming hot off that. Maybe he's feeling confident, and he goes and makes some (laughs) wild choices when he's shooting this movie that could lead him to a nomination. But considering some of the other cinematography powerhouses we have in here, we've got Dune, we've got French Dispatch, we've got Nightmare Alley, we've got Power of the Dog, we've got uh, Tragedy of Macbeth. I feel like he's probably on the lower end of people that could be nominated in cinematography though i mean if he's good enough why not uh i think composing is gonna be heavily passed on this one it's harry gregson williams who did the composition for the martian the chronicles of narnia the lion the witch in the wardrobe and shrek so i feel like (laughs) i feel like he's probably gonna be passed pretty easily when you consider that you've got let's say two nominations for alexander desplat one for Hans Zimmer, one maybe for Carter Burwell, and then another one for someone else. Like, it, it could very easily be anybody else. Like, we've got a lot of big composers coming out with scores this year. That it's anyone's game there, really. We we just we have to hear it first to make any kind of choice, because it just all depends on how well they do in the moment. And I don't feel like Harry Gregson Williams is gonna come in clutch or anything. Uh, the editor is Claire Simpson, who did win an Oscar for editing Platoon way back in 1986. That could be something. I doubt it. I just feel like that one's going to be missed again for whatever reason. I just feel like it could get technical nominations. It's, it's why it's at the bottom of the list. It's why it's my last choice. It was this or being the Ricardos. So I feel like I made the right choice here. I just I think it might get a few technical nominations, get a couple points added on that way. I'm really counting on Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and maybe getting some nominations for French Dispatch and Soggy Bottom. But I'm not really counting on the last duel to get much other than like maybe like three nominations, two or right. three. Gotcha. Yeah. I am hoping that West Side Story is going to have a similar performance that the original did at the Oscars. I doubt where it won it. 10 awards. I 10 awards. It. So it's Spielberg remaking this classic. I think, I mean, technically it'll be a new adaptation of the Broadway musical, but this is a beloved, well known story. Spielberg is a beloved and well known director. If anyone's going to go ahead and do a remake of West Side Story, I suppose you would want it to be this guy. There's a lot of technical things here that, much like the original did, could 
garner a lot of nominations. I'm talking costumes. I'm talking hair and makeup. If they do an original song, which they should do, I don't know why they wouldn't. Like if they do one of those new original best songs, that could get a nomination here. That's true. It could. I'm not sure what they're going to do for the score, but I believe the original one for score as well. So they could do that here. Um, Best cinematography is an option. Janusz Kaminski, one for Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan, longtime collaborator of Steven Spielberg. So hopefully uh, they get a nomination here. It does, I mean, from the trailers we have seen, I mean, it is a beautiful looking movie. So I see a lot of those as things that it could very well get, even though there may be some resistance to it because it is a remake. I feel like because it is Spielberg doing this, that he'll be able to get away with it and he'll still get some Oscar love for these technicals. I see Best Picture more likely than Best Director, Mm. but again, there's always the possibility that he can get that, especially if this does make waves when it is released and it is just as good as the original, although that seems hard. I mean, Dylan will see it next week and you'll get to judge for yourself. Yeah. Um, the quality of the original and then whether or not Spielberg in a remake will be able to match that or bring something new to the table. So I certainly don't think it'll win for either of those, but there's the chance that it will get nominations for it. I also believe it has a good shot with supporting actress for Ariana DeBose. Of course, Rita Marino won for this particular role in the original film. Mm. So, I mean... I mean, you'll get to see it next week. It's a very crucial role, has a lot of opportunity for an actor to show off their talent. So I think even in the remake, even with there already being an Oscar-winning performance done for this, I mean, we've seen different uh, takes on a character, like with Joker, how that can still get another Oscar for the actor, even though that role has been done before. They can make it their own, give a new spin to it, so I believe that we will see something like that here so that uh, a supporting actress nomination will come in. I don't see any other major acting nominations for it, mm-hmm. but I see a solid like seven or so nominations and a very good chance of the supporting actress win. Um, and then the costumes and hair and makeup, we already talked about how House of Gucci probably has a lock on that stuff. But depending on if they do a new song, depending on the cinematography, how solid that is, it does have chances to sneak in some nominations here with those other technicals. I understand the choice to pick West Side Story and like the the desire to, but I'm I just I don't think I'm as confident as you in its push to get nominations. I just I feel like it is going to fly under the the viewer's radar. It's being led by Ansel Elgort, who is at this point not a popular person in the slightest. And Steven Spielberg has not been very hot at the Oscars since 2016 when he did Bridge of Spies and then before then 2012 when he did Lincoln. So like it's very rare and very sparse in between. He got one nomination for visual effects for Ready Player One and two for The Post and then none for BFG. So he has not been hot at all at the Oscars. This could be his big return to being hot at the Oscars, but... There's just so much he's competing against. And it is a remake. 
and it is something we've already seen before and it has been perfected by the way like from what i hear i'm watching it next week we can talk about it next week but west side story the original is literally perfect and he's trying to build on top of that with something new a movie that's led by ansel elgort with seemingly no original score like it's the score is the same as before of course and it's most likely the same songs maybe an additional one to try and secure that uh best original song nomination which is the only one i likely see it getting just because there's so much who's competing against i just i don't see it getting any acting nominations i don't see it getting a cinematography nomination unless it's unless like the cinematography is like the fifth guy like there's like five people nominated and he's just the fifth person to fill up the spot i don't see any kind of production design nomination definitely not makeup and hairstyling i don't see costume nomination I just I feel like it is a weaker entry to pick and I feel like this might be what this in House of Gucci might be what bogs you down in terms of wins like in terms of nominations and definitely in terms of wins I think right. it'll drag you down a bit. I to push back on that. So I think this is I mean it's a musical and we know from something like La La Land which got a ton of nominations like something like 14 yeah. quite a number of wins. The Academy is still favorable to musicals. And of course, in yeah. musicals, there's great op- opportunity for a lot of stylism, especially with the costumes and makeup and all that stuff. So, and cinematography as well. So, all that stuff, I think, contributes to West Side Story being fertile ground for there to be a lot of the technical nominations for the things like costume, hair, and makeup. Like, I don't see because this is one of those things again it's spielberg i feel like there's going to be a big push for it they're going to want to make this like an event feel i mean coming out 60 years like i believe it's like exactly 60 years right Mm -hmm. something like that so i believe that they're really going to make a push for this they're going to campaign for it and i think specifically because it's spielberg because of the story because it's going to be the major musical of this year and the heights came out far too early for it to be an awards contender i think and also its box office performance was not that great so i feel like there's a lot more that could be in favor for west side story to be like the music hit the musical hit um because tick tick boom is also in there but i don't see that being a major player either i feel like of the musicals that we got this year it's gonna be west side story i feel like that means it'll be able to get a lot of these awards that the musicals tend to pick up. I mean, look at what La La Land was able to do. And while this is like a remake of, as you said, an absolute classic, I don't think that they're going to punish Spielberg of all people for bringing this film back. And I have faith that he's going to like bring something new to it and make it different, but not obviously make it too, too different to where it's going to be unrecognizable. Like, I feel like he will be able to strike that balance and that that will allow the Academy to feel good about recognizing this film, even though, right, we have already seen it done really well and it's been awarded by the Academy uh, very handsomely. I feel like this will, like, this is just one of those things, like how you and I were talking before earlier today, things like Green Book, mm-hmm. like that, just all the trends of the Academy, it felt like such a safe film that they would go for i feel like west side story in the same way that green book was like an obvious win that they would do i feel like west side story more so than something like 
soggy bottom or the last duel mm. i feel like this would be one that they would they would go for especially because it'd be like very recognizable i think um they would want to make sure that they're nominating things that will have viewers for the academy for the actual oscar ceremony um like i do think a lot of that politics plays into it so i feel like west side story will at the least pick up solid nominations you're right this is not a win juggernaut i don't think mm. but i think it will be able to pick up a fair amount of different nominations to the point where it won't like sink me and it can maybe compensate for if house of gucci fails on those other technicals mm. i feel like this one will be able to to keep it together yeah i'm thinking for this movie in particular a lot of these i'm i'm fairly good at guessing like i feel like i could guess fairly well what will happen with most of these but west side story i think i'm going to reserve the rest of my opinions for when i see it in december and then i will have a much clearer idea for what you'll be set up for for the oscars with this movie i just i haven't seen enough of it to make a decision i haven't seen the original because everybody that is watching this movie that has seen the original will be comparing it to the original and if it doesn't hold up it doesn't hold up uh it is led by ansel Elgort, which is a big bummer um i just feel like it could fly under the radar but i'm gonna reserve the rest of my opinions until i see it and then once it comes out we can talk about i can i can talk about it more in depth about what i think it can get nominated for and what I think it will not get nominated for. Gotcha. All right, so that was our our draft for the Oscars. Dylan, go ahead and list out our picks. All right, so to round it off, I have picked Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The French Dispatch, the untitled Paul Thomas Anderson movie, which we have called Soggy Bottom, which it was previously called, uh, and The Last Duel. And for you, Ryan, you have picked Dune, Don't Look Up, the Tragedy of Macbeth, House of Gucci, and West Side Story. I think overall, we're fairly even matched this year. I think it is a bit of a toss-up, especially since we haven't seen any of these movies, mm-hmm. which I think is a very interesting aspect of this. But I feel more confident right now than I did when we made our box office draft. I felt less confident then. Right now, I feel more confident in this than I did when we made those predictions earlier this year. Right. I do... I wanted either Nightmare Alley or Power of the Dog because I knew mm-hmm. those would be the true, true juggernauts. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like who's going to be vying for Best Picture and Best Director are going to be those two films. So yeah. I'm sad that I didn't get either of those, but I am happy that I have Dune. So at the least, I'll be able to just cheer on Dune. Your, your desire for <laughs> Dune is what cost you the win. <laughs> It'd be so funny if that happened. If Dune was nominated for nothing. That would be, that would be horrible. I would cry. It won't happen. That would be it, what makes it, it, it is a shoo-in for at least visual effects. Like, yeah. nothing else could possibly win that. All right, it is time for our final segment. Wait, wait, before before we do oh, that, oh, oh. just to, to give a shout-out to some of the other films that we maybe came across as oh, we were yeah. researching for this, things yeah. that you can look out for, uh, things like King Richard, Purely for mm. just Will Smith doing the acting there. Yeah. You already talked about being the Ricardos. Um, there's a foreign film, The Hand of God, that mm. is getting a lot of buzz right now. That'll be coming out on Netflix at some point. Spencer with Chris and Stewart mm. playing Princess Diana. They just released some promotional material, some pictures from that. 
The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which has Andrew Garfield and then Jessica Chastain, who is playing Tammy Faye. That could do well, like maybe for hair and makeup, because if you know Tammy Faye, then you know a lot's going on there. So that could be something there. Mm -hmm. Um, There could be Belfast, which is Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, I was Um, really debating on that one, too. I was really back and forth on putting it on my top 10. I just had to knock it down. It just had a a cast that I thought was like a complete non-starter. Like it didn't interest me at all. Yeah. And then I do think it could get writing. And then there's also potential for director and best picture because it is like his own personal, like semi-autobiographical story. So Mm -hmm. that could prove to be really powerful. But yeah, I just... It felt like it was something that could totally be overlooked. And so I was like, I don't want to go for that. Yeah, if it's the Kenneth Branagh I know as of recent, I think it's going to be dead in the water on arrival, which is he's just not going to get any nominations. Mm -hmm. And then uh, two other ones I wanted to shout out. Come on, come on, which has Joaquin Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, of course, his first film since winning that Oscar. So that could be a potential best actor contender. Yeah. And then Coda which was the darling of Sundance Film Festival earlier this year. That is a really feel-good movie um, about Lakota, stands for Child of Deaf Adults. Mm -hmm. So we saw, I mean, with the other year, Sound of Metal, that did really well there. This story playing on those same sort of themes, um, but does in a more family-oriented way, Mm -hmm. could also be something that the Oscars really want to see get recognized so those are some of the ones i came across that i wanted to shout out there as things you could probably expect in the yeah. oscar nominations anything you saw dylan there was one more movie that you forgot to mention that i was debating on and that was tick tick boom with andrew mm-hmm. garfield written and directed by Lumo miranda i did not think it would be a big contender at the oscars but i thought if it was good enough it could be a heavy hitter it really could because it is uh a more it was it is a more unused musical a more unseen musical than uh in the heights or west side story so a lot of people are coming to see it for the first time as a movie as opposed to listening to it or seeing it as a play so i feel like maybe andrew garfield could get a nomination if he's good enough in it for either that or for the eyes of tammy faye or it could get anything for limo miranda for writing or directing or producing it uh, I'm sure maybe Lou Manuel Miranda wrote like an additional song to play over the credits that could get nominated. <laughs> you never know. Um, it could be any of those things. We didn't even, as we didn't even talk about any animated movies that could be nominated. There was just no well, big heavy hitters. I but they're not going to, I mean, they'll get nominated for animated best picture, but beyond that, what else? I mean, if we had, if we had like Toy Story 3 coming out this year, that would have been a big thought to, ponder on because we have best animated feature that was not only for best animated feature best picture best writing and best song i think so like that could potentially be a big hit like animated movies don't get a lot but for pixar sometimes they really do right yeah and then just to throw out some other ones just since we're doing it last night at soho oh, last yeah. night in soho mm-hmm. uh edgar wright doesn't get a lot of attention at the oscar so unlikely Never. that it will but there is a potential uh, possibility that with Anya Taylor-Joy starring in it, and it is a very interesting premise, could have her get nominated for Best Acting and maybe Best Writing for him. I don't know. With it being a horror movie, it seems very unlikely. Right, because, yeah, that type of genre is not one that the Academy tends to 
exactly. uh, recognize in any capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but some other ones, there's Flea, which is an animated movie, but it's also a documentary. Mm-hmm. So you'll yeah. probably see that in those categories. Um, Cyrano or Cyrano for Peter Dinklage. That's he was like a stage play, and he got amazing reviews for that. The story itself is supposed to be lackluster, but he's great in it, so that could potentially be a best actor. Um, and then the movies Mass and The Humans were also ones that, mm-hmm. for some of their acting, yeah, um, like for The Humans, Richard Jenkins, I believe. Um, so those are ones, and I forget the actress in particular for Mass that was getting a lot of buzz, but those are also ones that may end up uh, getting one or two nominations, but of course not nearly as many that we would need for our Rosta. Yep, and that rounds out that pretty well. That is our 2022 Oscar draft. We will update you as our movies come out. We see them and we can judge better or not on what they, we think that they will will not be nominated for and how confident we are. And we will update you when the nominations come out. We will make those tallies. And then, of course, when next year comes around, we do our Oscar show. We will have an additional thing to talk about and an additional prize to be given out, a new winner. Indeed. Now on to our final segment of the night of the day whenever you're listening to this whatever time period we're, we're recording this at night it's pretty late our final thing as always is movie of the week we haven't done it in a while but we're having our big comeback here with speed from 1994 movie i have not seen so ryan take it away it is a movie you must see very soon it is directed by jan de bont or jan de bont uh and written by graham yost with some partial rewriting help from joss whedon though he is Ooh. not credited so you can feel good about watching the film. You got nothing from it. Uh, it is starring Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, Dennis Hopper, and Jeff Daniels. And it is best summarized by the phrase, die hard on a bus. So if that yeah. doesn't get you to want to see it, then I don't know what to tell you. But I will tell you some more because you definitely should see it. Give it a chance. It's about a police officer, Keanu Reeves, who has to save a bus, which is full of passengers, uh, because the bus is equipped with a bomb that will explode if it falls below 50 miles per hour. So there you go. There's your premise right there. <laughs> and it's an absolute great thrill ride. It's just the way that each obstacle that arises from just that like basic, very simple, straightforward premise, the whole like middle part of the film is just Keanu Reeves having to deal with new predicaments I come from that. Like, for instance, what happens when there's a traffic jam? You can slow down. You can stop. So what are you to do as a bus? Mm -hmm. You have to see them deal with that. You have to deal with what if we need to get somebody off the bus, but we can't stop or slow down. How do we get somebody off a moving bus that's going above 50 miles per hour? So it's just those things keep happening, these escalating obstacles, and it's so fun. There's some parts that are really like it's incredible to see how they get out of that situation and they feel really realistic and you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. Then there's other ones that are so over the top and ridiculous, but joyously so, and you're just happy to be a part of it. Like you don't even care about the logic of it or the physics of it. You just want to see more. So it's an absolutely incredible action movie. I also think like the opening portion of it before it's about the bus just is only there to set up the villain and the main two characters and their dynamic. Mm -hmm. 
and it's so good like it's clearly there just to do that because they're like oh well we need to introduce these people like that has to happen but the way that graham yas the writer is able to make it interesting make it action oriented but also put a lot of that character development first like you get such a strong mm-hmm. idea of keanu reeves's character yeah. and the villain and then the dynamic that's going to play out for the rest of the movie um because very rarely are they like actually speaking in person a lot of it is them like on the phone having to deal with each other mm-hmm. but it's so still so interesting and compelling because of part of the work they do at that beginning of the film dealing with a hotel and an elevator situation so that beginning portion and then the whole middle portion when it's on a bus it's just an absolute riot it's incredible definitely see it this thing grossed 350 million dollars on a 28 million dollar budget that's beautiful it was a massive massive success yeah and for good reason beautiful beautiful numbers it it reminds me of like when get out first came out we were talking about that and the budget that it grossed on on that that is just incredible thing to see when something so low budget makes such a big big splash in the water let me i don't think you know this and i came to this realization recently these this genre of movie where it's a protagonist who's thrust into a situation by like a terrorist or some evil entity and he Mm -hmm. has to fight them single-handedly that genre of movie is my favorite genre of movie (laughs) it really is i I came to this realization while I was watching Air Force One, which is by no means a good movie. <laughs> it it really isn't. But God, is it so much fun to watch. It is one of the best movies I've seen. And it is not a good movie. <laughs> it is Harrison Ford as the president and Gary Oldman takes over the plane. <laughs> and Harrison Ford has to beat the terrorists as the president. And it is incredible. Yeah. And I, I just... I thought about it, and I thought about all the movies that I've seen that I lo- that are like that, and how much I like them. I love White House Down, I love The Rock, I love Die Hard, I love just it's just such an, a basic plot, but just the amount of thrills you can get, the amount of just the natural like escalation of events that you can use in these situations is just it's like it's just like feeding me amazingly written plots. Because you're just you're just feeding on this chaos and making it more and more tense and more and more tense and more and more tense. And it's just the perfect way to get me in a seat to watch a movie is to just take a character, put him in a situation that he can't get out of, and people's lives are at stake. And there's a terrorist. Like that's it's <laughs> it's just the easiest thing you could write, and it is just so flawless how some of them do it. Die Hard is still one of my favorite movies of all time. It is absolutely brilliant. It's just, I think I love, I love the way they set it up. Like the opening sequences in these movies, like in Air Force One, it's all about, it's literally just about them loading up Air Force One. Like load, everyone's getting on the plane and they're just setting up all the characters. In Die Hard, they're, everybody's just talking in the, in the, at the party at the hotel room and, and the terrorists just show up and the way they show up is so cool. And The Rock, The Rock's, oh my God, the opening like 30 minutes of the rock they aren't even on alcatraz it's just there's like a huge car chase where they have to chase down sean connery because he's trying to escape and like it has nothing to do with the fact that he has to get on the rock they just threw in another car chase and it's awesome (laughs) i need to watch that movie again because it's genuinely it's the best michael bay movie that he's ever made like it's his it is his piece de resistance is the rock 
there's just so many explosions in it. It's just so <laughs> awesome. It is beyond amazing. I love these types of movies. So Speed is definitely high up on my list of movies that I need to watch. I know it's on HBO. So yes. I definitely have to sit down and watch this. Other movies similar to this movie, if you if you as a listener know any movies that are of similar plot types, please email us at theboxoffershow at gmail.com. <laughs> um, I will add it onto my list and I will watch it tentatively because I am very always, always very interested in watching these. I think Olympus Has Fallen is probably on my list, though I don't think I'll like that one as much just because it's I feel like it's kind of a knockoff of White House Down, but I did mm-hmm. really like White House Down. So if it's similar enough without being too much of a ripoff, perhaps I'll like it. It's just if it's the same thing, I don't want anything to do with it. So do something different with it. But I did really like White House Down. Nice. Then, yeah, Speed will 100% be up your alley because it's yes. it's like one of the most smartly written versions of that sort of storyline. Awesome. So, yeah, it's an absolute blast. You will love it. Certainly, like the middle portion when they're on the bus, just every single second they're on the bus. It is just so incredible. Definitely watch it. You need to watch it and then let me know how you, what you think about it. I'm sure you will be absolutely floored with it. And then at home, watch Speed as well. It is definitely a must watch. Don't watch apparently Speed 2. I haven't done it because apparently that one was bad. But Speed. Isn't that just on a boat? Great. Yeah. It's cruise control. (laughs) It is so (laughs) stupid. So yeah, watch Speed 1994. You're going to love it. I will indeed do that. That is all the time we have. If you would like to give your thoughts on the show or make a suggestion for the movie of the week or let me know any more diehard-themed movies, you can email us at theboxoffershow at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. Be sure to tune in next Friday, September 3rd. We're going to be releasing our Avatar Part 2 show where we talk about Book 2, which is Earth. We are currently re-watching those episodes making our notes, working on our script, and it will be hopefully shorter than three hours. (laughs) Who knows? It may end up being three hours, but it'll be a quality three hours. It may end up being more than three hours. We're going to wing it, and we're going to try and cut it down as much as we can. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.